0: Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are the way maker. You have made a way for us. And we honor you, Jesus. We honor you as the King of glory. We honor you as Savior. We, We honor you as Lord in this place. And we ask, Spirit of the living God, would you come and would you anoint us to give us ears to hear and eyes to see today. Father, we want to see your Son, Jesus. The one who's high and lifted up. And so have your way. Would you breathe freedom? Would you breathe grace? Would you come, Lord, and exalt your son, Jesus, as we declare the word of God and look at the scriptures together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, my name is Colby Layman, and I serve as the encounter pastor here on staff and get to do a number of things. And as well with the day school that's going to be starting. And so today we're talking about spirit-empowered evangelism. And if you want to hear more of that, sign up for the day school or the night school, and you'll get all that you want. Uh, It's going to be uh, a joy. Well, spirit-empowered evangelism. How many of you know that when you bring up evangelism similar to prayer or giving, most believers usually feel like, oh, I'm not doing enough, condemnation maybe sets in, And so if we start with the question, how do we do evangelism better? We're starting with the wrong question. The question is, do we see him rightly? Do we see Jesus rightly? Because if we see Jesus rightly, if we see him in his glory as the worthy one, then our hearts begin to burn. And it's really hard to share Jesus with a cold heart or a heart that isn't burning for him. So God wants to ignite hearts today. Are you okay with that? Lord, come and do it. Ignite our hearts in you, we pray, to see the worthiness of Jesus. Because honestly, that is the narrative of the Bible. Worthy is the Lamb. That is the message of the Bible, the story of redemption. The story of the Bible is the Lamb is coming. The Lamb is coming. The Lamb is coming. The Lamb is here. The Lamb is crucified. The Lamb is buried. The Lamb is raised, he's exalted, and he's enthroned. That is the message of the Bible. The worthy one, Christ Jesus. And God wants to set us free that we would be bright and shining lamps for Jesus everywhere we go. The message of the, the, the gospel of Jesus, when we first take time to draw near to him and cultivate that place of intimacy in the secret Place A transition happens in our hearts. And we go from simply communicating about Jesus when we talk about Him to actually emanating Jesus. We want to be those who are bright, shining lamps, who emanate Jesus, who we literally the Spirit of God on us. Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand. People encounter Jesus when they encounter you because you've been with Him. So evangelism becomes so easy when you... When, when you Take your cold heart before the fiery heart of God and let His love and affection pour over you. We continually need to be baptized in the love of God, in the grace of God, and even in the process of the Lord healing our brokenness and setting us free, He wants to set others free. In fact, part of your freedom is looking outward to others. And when you walk into a room, not first, your first thought isn't about you or what others think about you, but it's Lord, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? That's the place of freedom even in your journey of wholeness to see others set free, to be the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece of Jesus. Well, Paul had this encounter as well. He encountered the Lord and had a fresh revelation of Jesus, a fresh revelation of the gospel. And Paul, who used the scriptures to destroy the church after encountering the worthy one, Went into the same, in synagogues with the same scriptures to declare that this Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And if you show up with a fresh revelation of Jesus and the gospel, demons will tremble. They'll tremble. But it takes drawing near to him and letting him transform you from the inside out. I like what Paul said, Ephesians 3.8. Let's read it together. He calls himself the very least of the saints. All right, so we all qualify here. To me, Paul writes, the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles or to the nations the unfathomable riches of Christ. Grace was given to preach the unfathomable riches of Christ. That's that place of pouring over the scriptures, searching for Jesus to see who he is. And then everywhere you go, revealing what the Lord Himself has revealed to you the unfathomable riches of Jesus. This message of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God, He is who we preach. He is the gospel. He is the good news. He is the worthy one. He's the glorious one. He is the mighty one. He is the one who. Came to give his life. He is the one who bore our sin on the cross. He is the one who was buried, who was resurrected, who ascended. He is all things. He is all in all. It is him who we preach. He is the good news. And Jesus, if you, I just want to encourage you. Jimmy mentioned getting a summer plan. Read through the Gospels and just look for Jesus in the Gospels. We're talking about evangelism today, and and if you look through that lens, you can see Jesus' heart as the chief evangelist. And he is the chief evangelist because he came to seek and save the lost. We see his heart, uh, even on the cross, right? He's on the cross. One criminal is mocking the other criminal, sees his innocence and says, says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus saw his repentant heart and says, "Surely today you will be with me in paradise. And even the Roman officer who crucified him when Jesus breathed his last, the officer saw how he died and said, surely this man was innocent and and, and began worshiping God. Jesus is always drawing people to himself. In John chapter 9, it's the story. uh, You remember that... uh, Jesus applied uh, clay to the the man who was born blind and said, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And so he went, and when he did it, his eyes were opened up. He came back. The leaders interviewed him, and eventually they kicked him out of the church. They kicked him out of the synagogue, broke fellowship. But here's Jesus, the gentle shepherd evangelist. He goes out. He searches for this man. He finds him. And he he basically reveals himself as the Messiah to him. He talks about the Son of Man and the blind man who's looking at Jesus with his eyes opened. He he says, who is the Messiah? Who is he? And Jesus says, it's the one you're talking to. And it says that the man believed and he worshipped him. Jesus is always drawing people to himself. Oh, may Jesus within us draw those around us. This world is in desperate need for an encounter with the Son of God. There's a desperate need to know that Jesus is real, that His power is real to set free, to deliver, to heal, to restore relationship. He wants to give us His heart. We see His heart, the famous story of the prodigal son in Luke 15. Jesus talks about His Father's heart. The prodigal son After walking away, he returns and when he's a long way off, what does the scripture say? It says that when the father saw him and he was a long way off, his heart was moved with compassion and he ran after him and he embraced him and he restored him. He brings him home. Not only does he restore him, but he honors him with a robe and a ring and throws a banquet. This is the heart of God. This is the heart of Jesus, the chief evangelist who's always drawing people to himself. And he wants to give us that same heart of compassion. He wants to, the, the message of the cross to burn within us. And he wants to give you an, an anointing and power to proclaim it. And I want to just look at Luke 24, the end of this gospel. The message of the cross is clarified here. In Luke twenty four forty six. it says, "'Jesus said to them, "'Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer "'and rise again from the dead on the third day, "'and that repentance for forgiveness of sins "'would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, "'beginning from Jerusalem. "'You are witnesses of these things, "'and behold, I am sending forth "'the promise of my Father upon you, "'but you are to stay in the city "'until you are clothed with power.'" After that, it says that Jesus lifted up his hands, he blessed them, and he ascended back to the right hand of the Father. The Lord wants to give us the message of Christ crucified, burning in our hearts, and he wants to give us power to do it. Several months ago, I took a trip to Seattle and parked the car, got on the shuttle To terminal, there was only one other guy named Joseph. We start talking. He works in the tech industry. He was on his way to the Bay Area for a a conference. And uh, I'm I'm just asking about what he does. And at the very end, as I often do, I, I just say, hey, is there any way I can pray for you? I love Jesus. I love to pray for people. And I've never had this happen. He puts his hand on my shoulder without saying a word. He begins to say, Lord, thank you, Jesus, that we both love you. Lord, thank you. Lord, that there's somebody who's bold, that proclaims your name. And he began to pray for, for my trip to Seattle, for his trip. It was awesome. He gets off, we keep going, to the next terminal where I get off. And uh, the, the driver, his name was Colin. He was from Trinidad. And he gets out, he grabs my bag, and I ask him the same question. I said, hey, is there any way I can pray for you? And he, he looks down, and he goes, you're gonna make me cry. And tears start coming down his cheeks. He said, three years ago I had a brain aneurysm and I constantly get headaches, these migraines that are just just unbearable. And so I prayed for him. I, I said, Lord, would you heal him and restore him? And then I shared Jesus with him. He heard me talk about Jesus when we were praying uh, in, the, uh, in the bus. But uh, I, I, just, I explained the message of repentance from sin and a turning to and a surrendering to Jesus. The one who loves us so much that he would give his life. And I said, I said, have you ever had a time in your life where you've surrendered everything and given your life to Jesus? And he said, He said, Well, I, I, sometimes I try to go to church, I work, but I've actually never given my life to Jesus. And he said, And I want to do that. And we got to pray right there. We got to pray right there. He gives his life to Jesus. He gets born again. The greatest miracle transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. It is glorious. It is beautiful. And then I said, is there anybody that you know that loves Jesus? And he said, my wife. And I'm like, oh my goodness, she's been praying for you. And I said, you need to call her right now and tell her what God just did for you. We hug He's crying. He gets back on. I turn around and I hear as I turn around, a guy working curbside named Gerald said, that was awesome. He goes, I, believe, I agree with everything that you just said. He goes, I can't believe someone is just talking about Jesus. And he talks about how Jesus changed his life and we together start praying for Colin, the driver. And I'm like, revival's breaking out at DFW. This is awesome. I was at, I was at the same airport uh, uh, the trip before, or two trips before, and was just getting coffee, and I noticed a guy's Bible was open. It was it was in Spanish, and um, and and I and I talked to him about it. And again, he had a hunger for God, but had never clearly heard that we were created for a relationship with Jesus. And I explained the gospel, and he gets saved right there. A guy who's hungry, but no one had explained. You would be surprised. How open people are if you just ask their story. If you just ask their story and you're interested. And as you're asking their story, you're saying, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking? Great counselor, what's the key to unlock their heart? What's the key to unlock their heart? As you begin to share your story, your testimony, what Jesus has done for you. We're all evangelists. Paul said, do the work of an evangelist. And he was talking to a pastor, Timothy. We're all called to it. We're all called to it. And so the Lord wants to give us his compassion, but he wants to give us his power. And He himself modeled a spirit-filled life. Jesus, the perfect one, at his baptism, what happens? He goes under the water, comes up out of the water. The heavens are opened. The Holy Spirit descends bodily form, rests and remains upon him. The audible voice of the Father declares, this is my son. And then Jesus walks in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, does miracles, deliverances, healings, as the perfect model of what a man and woman of God can walk in if we yield to the Holy Spirit. If we'll allow him to give us his heart of compassion and his anointing for power to proclaim Jesus. Jesus modeled it. And Luke records, this is why I want to encourage you over the summer, just read through the, through the Gospels. Luke wrote two, two books of the Bible. He wrote the Gospel of Luke, which is a a record of the acts of the Holy Spirit upon the man Christ Jesus who was anointed by God, the Holy Spirit. And then he wrote the book of Acts, which is a record of the acts of the Holy Spirit upon a people, the church, anointed by God, the Holy Spirit. Jesus modeled it for us For the same works that he did to to walk in and even greater works than these. You guys tracking with me? Is anybody getting fired up? To shine, to burn for Jesus. It's not a chore. It's not just another discipline. It's a delight to say, Lord, I want to love you. I want to know you. And if you have that heart, you will burn with Jesus and it will draw the lost. Even if you feel weak, weak and fearful. There is the grace of God. Acts opens up and Jesus says, not many days from now you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we read, of course, the famous scripture, Acts 1.8. Jesus says, you will receive power. Thank you, Jesus, that he empowers us. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the, the remotest parts of the earth. Okay, we go into the next chapter. Pentecost happens, Acts 2.1, the day of Pentecost had come. They were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves. And they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. We need it. We need it. Lord, come and fill us with your Holy Spirit and power today. And began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Those who were gathered in Jerusalem heard them speaking of the mighty deeds of God in their native tongues. And what happens? Peter, who days earlier denied the Lord, now filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up in boldness, proclaims Jesus. And 3,000 are added to the church and are baptized. Acts 4 Acts 4, Peter and John, they are, uh, Acts 3, actually, the, 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 the man who was born lame from earth, they he, the Lord heals him, and then what happens? The rulers throw Peter and John in jail. And the next morning, what happens? Peter stands up, and in the same power of the Holy Spirit, begins to proclaim the gospel to the rulers and elders of, that crucified Jesus. And we see him clarify the gospel I just I want us to look at these scriptures because it records what the message of the gospel is. In Acts 4.10, this is Peter talking to the, to, the, to the rulers who had just thrown him in jail. and It says, Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which the which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. How many of you know how many of you know he's the only way? He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the way to the Father. And in humility and in love, we need to be clear about that. That He is the only way. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven. That has been given among men by which we must be saved, but the name of Jesus, the name that is higher than every other name. In verse 13, as they observed, observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. They're released from jail, they gather the church, they pray, and again in Acts 4 the place where they were is shaken and they're filled with the Holy Spirit again. And just, if you're not convinced yet that you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you need to be filled again and again and again. In Acts 13, 52, it says, the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So praise God, you get the Holy Spirit the moment you're saved. But there is the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit that God wants to release upon us to be continually filled with him. And I just want to go through a few ways of how we're called to relate to the Holy Spirit because he's the one who helps us in our weakness share Jesus, to share the gospel, to pray for the sick. All right, the first one is you're called into fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You were created to know God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 14 that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you and here's the reality is the holy spirit who lives in us who desires fellowship with us he can either be grieved or he can be honored he can be quenched or he can be welcomed and those scriptures talk about the words that we speak so easy to grieve the Holy Spirit, but he wants to be welcomed and he wants to be honored and he wants to be recognized. And as you set your heart to to walk with him as a friend, he'll prompt you to do things. He'll speak things to you. To edify you, to encourage you, to edify others, but also in evangelism. And uh, recently I I had this happen to me. I got a text from H-E-B that there was a prescription ready An hour later, I forgot about it, and I'm sitting there, and I felt the Holy Spirit nudge my heart to say, "Go pick it up. There's somebody there you need to talk to." So I jumped in my car, went to HEB, and as I parked, I saw these two girls walking across the parking lot in their mid twenties. I grabbed two gospel tracks, which I still have tracks. You can order order them, order a bunch this summer and give them out. They work. I, I I grabbed two tracks. And uh, they actually were parked three three cars down. and, And I walked up and I said, hey, I saw you walk by. And as I saw you, I just felt like the Lord wanted, Jesus wanted me to tell you that he loves you. And I wanted to give this to you. It talks about how you can have a relationship with Jesus. They were open. They're listening. And so I just go into the gospel. The death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus, repentance from sin and surrendering to him. And the whole time this girl is looking at me and saying, I need to hear this. I need to hear this. I need to hear this. And both of them get saved right there. Both of them get saved. I get so encouraged. I grab another stack of tracks. I go into HEB. I pick some stuff up. And I see a guy that I felt like the Lord said to highlight him, share with him. He goes, I'm a believer. But he goes, I have so many friends that need these. Can I have some of these tracks? So I gave him a stack. And I said, go for it. You're an evangelist. God wants to use you. If you will just heed the little nudge and the voice of the Holy Spirit within you, he'll lead you to those who are hungry. And whether you sow in the hardest of heart of those who spit in your face and reject you or those who get saved, the pay is the same for obedience. We get to shine for Jesus. We get to shine for Jesus. So we're called to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Number two, we're called to follow the Holy Spirit. All right, the mark of of, of sonship, and being a daughter of God is that we are led by the Holy Spirit, and this is in Romans 8:14. It says, "For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. The Holy Spirit wants fellowship, He wants friendship, but he also wants to lead. He wants to lead, and he wants to soften the stubbornness and that hard soul in our heart that will be sensitive to the wind of the spirit, where He goes and what He speaks. So that we can live like Jesus, so that we can love like Jesus, so that we can shine like Jesus. He wants to lead us. He wants to for us to be followers of Him. Again, um, I, I uh, well, just a note on evangelism as well. In community, it's powerful. On your own is great, but in your life group, get a, get a strategy for evangelism. There was a group of us that recently went to the mall, and. Um, I felt like the Lord highlighted one, one guy, his name is Taylor, and 18 years old. And as I'm talking to him about Jesus, he literally looks at me in the face and he says, he said, I've been thinking I need to get saved so that I can start living for the reason God made me. Literally says that to him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Get saved. His friends are right there. Some of them are believers. They're so excited. He, he, he had a hunger for God. He was like, I have a purpose in life, but I don't know what it is, but I know I need God. He just needed someone to clearly explain the gospel, and he got saved right there. And, and there was others in that group that, in the mall, uh, people got saved. I was, uh, this wasn't in Waco, but this was at a Lowe's. I was walking through, and as I was walking out, I saw another guy uh, named Jalen. And um, went over to him. It was, I was in a hurry. Sometimes it's inconvenient, but I was in a hurry. But I walked back to him, and I'm like... Oh, and it hurts my heart when you just keep going. It's like, oh, Lord, so sorry. Forgive me. I'm going to be sensitive to you, Holy Spirit. So I turn back and I talk to him, and and, uh, and he begins to unpack his own story and his own brokenness and his, really just his journey of being entrapped with fear. And as I'm talking to him about Jesus, the one who sets free, one of the things he was afraid of, he said, I, I want to follow Jesus um, But I'm afraid that if I give my life to him, I'll let him down and I'll fail him. And so we just began to unpack that and how the grace of God is abundant. We come as we are. And he gave his life to Jesus right there. And we met for four or five times. The last time that I saw him, he said, you won't believe what happened. He goes, I'm sharing Jesus everywhere I go. He goes, my twin brother is this close. He goes, last week, I just led my best friend to the Lord. And then he starts to prophesy over me. He said, he said, praise God that Christians share Jesus. Because it's not just uh, those that you share with, but it's guys like me that now are sharing with other people. Because God wants to save people. He wants to glorify Jesus. I'm just sitting there floored. Just, Lord, thank you for this transformed life. And actually, the first time that I talked to him, by the way, I had a picture of his grandmother praying for him, and I asked him about it, and he said, oh, she loves Jesus. I said, again, connection with prayer and evangelism, they go together. We're called to be a people of prayer, a people of devotional, I love you prayer, people of intercessory prayer to war with God, to destroy the works of darkness, and to see the kingdom of God come on earth as it is in heaven. And the connection with prayer, intercession, and then evangelism. Lord, would you give us a grace and a mantle for prayer, a grace and a mantle and anointing for sharing the gospel. Let it be in Jesus' name. So how do we relate to the Holy Spirit? Fellowship, uh, follow, and then thirdly, be filled. We've been talking about this, but the message today is spirit-empowered evangelism. All right, so filled, filled again. We went over several scriptures, but I do want to read Matthew 3, 11. It says, as for me, this is John the Baptist talking about Jesus who was about to show up on the scene. John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but one is coming after me who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Now there's a couple of baptisms in scripture. There is when you get saved, the Spirit of God lives in you. You're baptized by another believer and the element is in water. This is talking about a different baptism. The baptizer is the Lord Jesus himself who said, I will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. And the element is not water. It is being immersed in the Holy Spirit who lives in us but wants to saturate us with power. Oh, and it's glorious to be immersed, to be clothed so that we can do the works that Jesus did. I remember my junior year in high school. Uh, my dad was working at Fort Detrick, Maryland, the only Air Force guy there in the, military, the the Army base. And there was at the chapel, there was a gathering of these born again, charismatic Catholics. And my parents brought me to the meeting. Uh, they knew I was struggling a little bit. And I, this one guy named Keith prays for me. And I just remember, it was like waves of the presence of God came over me. And then he prophesied. He goes, I see a picture of you leading many young people to the Lord. And I just began to weep because it tapped into something that was the Lord had put in me. Even as a six, seven, eight-year-old watching Billy Graham, and I would weep as people would come forth. That great hymn, just as I am. And And then... My freshman year in college, out of Latham Springs, have another gathering. Get prayed for, and it's again, it's just like waves of the grace of God and the empowerment of the Lord, and uh, then going off to uh, our awaken mission trip was the first time that I led someone to Jesus. That was thirty years ago. This year, thirty years ago, and I'm like, Lord, thank you, that you that you, in your kindness, you 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 awakened my heart to to find you, to know you, to love you, and to make you known. We're all, that is all of our calling. If you're wondering, what am I called to? It's to know Jesus and to make him known. There's unique callings and graces and gifts, but we're all invited in on that. And you will not be bored when you walk with the Lord and you get his heart for the broken world and you proclaim Jesus. So we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, follow him, and we're filled with him. I want to end with one last scripture here. This is 1 Corinthians 15. Actually, I lied. I actually want to throw this one in too because we do have time. 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. This is Paul talking about the need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Paul writing to the church in Corinth that he planted. He says, For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is what we preach. Christ crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? Verse 5. So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Lord, let our message and our preaching not be in persuasive words, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Make that our prayer. Paul goes on to clarify the gospel at the end of this book in 1 Corinthians 15, one. He said, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Verse three, for I delivered to you as first importance. Here it is, you ready for the gospel? What I also received. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. And that he appeared to Cephas, that's Peter, then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time. Most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. We preach Christ crucified the eternal topic of the eternal Son of God. The gospel, this beautiful message that the eternal word of God, Jesus, the Son of God, who is at the right hand of the Father, would put on flesh, wrap himself in humanity, become a man. And this precious Jesus, he lived a holy and sinless life, the only one perfect And he suffered and died on the cross. He is Christ crucified. The one who has holes in his hands and his feet and his side. And is is raised at the same time. This is the lamb who was slain. And this precious Jesus. He was buried and went into the grave to destroy the grave. But being that he's perfect, the grave could not hold this one. The scripture says that, that man will go to dust because it is from dust that he, that he came because of the mark of sin. But if this one Jesus gets up from the grave, he is not merely man and he is not sinful. That's why the scripture says that you would not allow your holy one to see decay or corruption. And so the grave swallowed What it thought was a safe little lamb not knowing that the grave received the perfect one. The grave received the one whose blood cleanses from all sin and all unrighteousness. The one whose blood speaks a better word of grace and mercy and forgiveness. And three days later, this Jesus comes up out of the grave. And scripture says in Ephesians that he took Captivity, captive. He comes up out of the grave. You can read it in Matthew's gospel that when he came up, there was other believers that rose with him. Can you imagine talking to one that was raised and saying, what happened? What happened down there? And they say, oh, the perfect one. The perfect one came. The perfect one descended And I saw the everlasting doors and gates open up as the perfect one annihilated the grave and came forth shining like the sun. And this resurrected Jesus who destroyed the grave with the grave for 40 days appeared to his disciples. And on the 40th day, Jesus, we call this the great exaltation and glorification of the Lord. On the 40th day, he ascended. And with every foot that he ascended, he dominated dominated another prince and power of darkness until he pierced the highest heights. The highest heights. And then he sat down. He sat down. Do you know that no priest sat in the presence of God, but Jesus is no ordinary priest. And on his throne at the right hand of God, now When he looks at you, he looks through the lens of the blood of Jesus. And the beautiful thing is this. He didn't just die for you. He wasn't just buried for you. He wasn't just raised for you. He died as you. He was buried as you. He was raised as you. He ascended as you. Why why do you think it says that we're seated with him in heavenly places? When he sat down, this is what he was saying. No need to sacrifice the blood of animals any longer. For I've entered the holy place with my own blood. And the work is finished. The same thing he declared on the cross. It is finished. His blood is enough for you today. And I want us to end by taking uh, communion together. This glorious Jesus who sits at the right hand of God. There will be a day when his father rewards him because there is no one like him. There's no one like him. And if the father's going to reward Jesus, his son, a wedding is going to take place because the son wants his bride. And there's coming a day When the Son of God will pierce the sky again and He will come in the glory of His Father and the angels and we will meet the Lord and be together with Him forever. This is the gospel. This is the glorious news of Jesus Christ crucified. So Lord Jesus, we do do this in remembrance of You. We remember Your suffering. We We remember in the garden. As you prayed in in agony, said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but yours, O Lord. We remember how your sweat became drops of blood. Jesus, we remember how you were arrested and led to the house of Caiaphas and mocked and beaten. Your beard plucked. We remember, Jesus, how you were taken before Herod and your back beaten, whipped for our healing. Jesus, we remember the cross. We remember your nail-pierced hands and feet inside. You said, as often as we do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so, Lord, as you on that last supper, hours before you went to the cross, as you broke the bread, you said, Take this. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Lord, as we take this, we receive it as healing, we receive it as your body, which is true bread from heaven and we say thank you Jesus let's take it together in the same way Jesus took the cup and he said this is my blood that is poured out for you this is the blood of my covenant of grace and as we take this Lord we we say thank you for the unmerited favor and grace of God oh that you would save us that you would give us your righteousness oh that we could stand before our Father as clean as you are Jesus because of the blood that was shed because of the gift of righteousness and we do this in remembrance of you and we receive it as we receive it Lord we receive God Your grace today. And we say thank you. Let's take it together. And I want to ask you to just stand, if you would. If you could just extend your hands to the Lord and just begin to give Him thanks. Just begin to thank Him. Thank Him for your salvation. Thank Him. Remember what he's done for you. Remember how he's been faithful to you. Just begin to open your mouths and thank the Lord. Well, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I just, I pray as we stand here in your presence remembering the cross, I ask God for a fresh touch of your spirit, God. That she would give us a fresh revelation. Father of your son, Jesus. Of the cross. Of this beautiful gospel message. Lord, that she would come and destroy fear. That she would destroy every hindrance, Lord. Complacency. Every barrier in our hearts, God. God, I pray that you would anoint us to be salt and to be light, would you come release a grace this morning over our hearts, Lord? To proclaim Jesus. God, I ask, Lord, that in our weakness that your might would overshadow us. Now, I want to invite our ministry team to come on up. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the day. If you have never, if you do not know that you are going to go to heaven when you die, that Jesus himself lives within you. Maybe you've gone to church. Maybe you've tried to be a better person. That does not save you. The faith of your parents does not save you. Jesus saves you. And I want to encourage you to turn to someone that you came with or come on down and give your life to Jesus. If there's any need in here, For you or someone in your family that you want prayer for, this is who we are, the body of Christ. We get to pray together, minister to one another. If you're struggling with fear, if there's areas in your heart where you feel like you're still bound, the message of Jesus is not just salvation, it is deliverance and it is healing. And so I want to invite you, whatever need that you have, if there's relational, strain, if there's financial strain if there, whatever's going on, come on down and let someone pray for you Lord, we again we, just, we thank you Lord Jesus for who you are, for what you've done we thank you for the body of Christ that you're in our midst where two or three are gathered we ask God that you this morning would do a work in us that you would mark us fresh today As sons and daughters, God, to love you rightly, to see you rightly as the righteous one, the worthy one. And again, anoint us to proclaim you everywhere we go. We thank you in Jesus' name.